Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so we're reading my book, The Pesky Kids 2, Bear in the Woods, and we're up to Chapter 12, Going on a Bear Hunt. Here we go. Here we are, said Officer Odinson, pulling off the sealed road and onto the dirt track that led to the creek. I can drive you down to the spot where you were swept by the flood. It's not the spot where I was swept, argued April. It's the spot where I pulled myself out. I'm not some inert victim of circumstance. I was a proactive player in rescuing myself. I prefer your use of semantics to reflect that. I don't know what semantics are, said Officer Odinson. There's something people complain about when they don't have anything actual to complain about, explained Loretta. Officer Odinson parked the truck and they all made their way down to the creek bank. It was not an elegant process. They had to push through dense undergrowth and edge their way down a steep, crumbling rock face to get to the edge of the creek. The water was much lower and the creek was unrecognisable from the previous day, although evidence of the flood was everywhere. Broken branches and debris were strewn about at head height through all the trees and bushes. "'Over there,' said Joe. "'That's where we found you.' Joe waded through the shallow water to the opposite bank. They knew it was the right spot because they could see the scrapes in the mud where April had scrambled her way out of the water. So where exactly was this bear? asked Officer Odinson, looking about. April lay down in the spot she'd been in the previous day and closed her eyes. I was lying here, and the first thing I noticed was the smell. It was disgusting. I opened my eyes, and it was there. She pointed directly above her. It was floating above you in the sky, asked Loretta. No, nincompoop, said April. It was standing over me like this. April got to her feet, held up her hands and mimicked a bear. Rah! Did it actually say rah, asked Loretta. I thought bears had underdeveloped vocal cords that left them unable to clearly vocalise. It was hard to tell, said April. I was screaming so loudly I couldn't hear much else. Then what direction did the bear leave in, asked Officer Odinson. That way, said April, pointing to a thick clump of bushes and scrub. Officer Odinson went to inspect them. To the untrained eye, they looked just like regular bushes. And apparently that's what they looked like to the trained eye, too. I don't see anything, said Officer Odinson. Those bushes were under half a metre of water, said April. He leapt straight over them and ran off up the hill. He just leapt over them, asked Officer Odinson sceptically. That's what I said, isn't it, said April. Are you hard of hearing? No, I just find it difficult to believe, said Officer Odinson. It's one thing to claim you saw a non-native bear species in the middle of nowhere, but now you're claiming it was leaping about like a ballerina. Not like a ballerina, said April, like a bear. They're quite athletic, you know. Just ask anyone who's tried and failed to outrun one. 
Joe pushed through the bushes. Maybe we'll find something back here. The others followed. The bushes do seem to have a lot of damage, said Loretta. There was a lot of crushed foliage and broken branches. It was probably caused by the flood water, said Officer Odinson. Look, exclaimed Loretta, a clump of fur. She had found a tuft of black animal fur stuck on a branch. Officer Odinson snorted. Looks like possum fur to me. You find a lot of that out here. We'll see, said Loretta, as she tucked the tuft in her pocket. Hey, I can see something, shouted Joe. He clambered up on a fallen log to get a better view. Yes, over there. Is it the bear, asked April. She clambered up next to him, but wasn't tall enough to see over the bushes. I'm going to take a look, said Joe, leaping down and running towards the scrub. Wait, if it is a bear, I need to load the dart gun, said Officer Odinson, hurrying to follow Joe and trying to organise his weapon at the same time. April and Loretta pushed past him and went after Joe. They scrambled through the thorny bushes and over loose rocks, stumbling a few times, but eventually pushing out into a clearing where Joe stood still. What is it? asked April. She couldn't see around her muscly brother. See for yourself, said Joe. He stepped to one side so April and Loretta could see what he'd been staring at. Agnes Dalrymple, exclaimed Loretta. The statue of the burly former mayor's wife brandishing her umbrella was standing in the middle of the clearing. Here in the forest, away from the civilising location of the town gardens, it did look like a statue of a bear. There's your bear, said Joe. What? cried April. No way! How did that even get out here? Get down, cried Officer Odinson. They turned towards his voice and found themselves staring down the barrel of his dart gun. Down, cried Joe, grabbing Loretta and April and pushing them face down on the dirt with him, just as Officer Odinson pulled the trigger. A dart shot out at super high speed and made a tinny ping sound as it hit the bronze statue of Agnes Dalrymple right in the neck. Hang about, said Officer Odinson. That's not a bear. It's just a statue. Well done, officer, said Loretta. Your animal identification training was clearly extensive. You mistook that for a bear, Officer Odinson asked April. No, I did not, protested April. I can tell the difference between a bear and a lump of metal. It's an easy mistake to make, said Joe, looking up at the statue. She does look like a great big terrifying bear. That's not what I saw, said April. You did have a lot of blood all over your face at the time, said Loretta. That could have obscured your vision. But still, I could recognise a bear, April insisted. You also had a severe head injury, said Joe, and you nearly drowned. You weren't thinking straight. All that adrenaline. It's no wonder you panicked. How dare you, exclaimed April. It's not that she was proud of her bravery, but she was proud of her total illogical lack of cowardice. I do not panic. She turned to her dog. Pumpkin, bite Joe! Pumpkin leapt at Officer Odinson, sinking his little razor-sharp teeth into the grown man's shin. Ow! cried the animal control officer. Not him, said April. Joe, bite Joe! Although it's good work biting the officer too. He's way too trigger-happy with that dart gun. Get off me, you dumb dog! cried Officer Odinson. But Pumpkin had a tenacious grip on his trouser cuff. Officer Odinson tried to yank his leg free, but to no avail. Pumpkin thought this was a fantastic game, flying through the air as the man waved his leg about. Get off, screamed Officer Odinson, totally losing his temper. He lifted his other foot and kicked Pumpkin. The little dog howled and flew off. Then the kids all started yelling at once. How dare you, cried April. You can't kick a dog, yelled Joe. Wicked man, denounced Loretta. 
Pumpkin ignored the shouting. As soon as he hit the ground, he leapt back up on his little feet and charged at Officer Odinson again, yapping fiercely. Officer Odinson screamed. Now, I don't want to be sexist and say he screamed like a little girl, but to be strictly accurate, that's exactly what he did. He released a terrified, high-pitched squeal as Pumpkin leapt up and sank his teeth into his inner thigh. Officer Odinson turned his dart gun on the tiny dog. No! cried April, Joe and Loretta. A tranquilizer dart designed to fell a bear at distance would certainly kill a small dog at point-blank range. Drop your weapon! An authoritative male voice boomed. The kids turned to see Constable Pike standing on the edge of the clearing. His own taser gun was raised and trained on Officer Odinson. Put it down, Todd, warned the constable. You've lost control of yourself. Don't do something you'll regret. The madness seemed to drain from Officer Odinson's body. He dropped the dark gun and held up his hands. April scurried forward and snatched Pumpkin away, tearing a hole in Officer Odinson's now bloody pants as she did so. What were you thinking, Odinson? asked Constable Pike as he picked up the dart gun. I don't know, the animal control officer replied. He seemed to be going into shock. I just wanted to get the dog to let go. We better get you to hospital, said Constable Pike. They'll need to photograph those wounds. Why? asked Officer Odinson, still very confused. You turned your gun on a four-kilo domestic pet, said Constable Pike. This could end up in court, or at the very least an internal tribunal hearing at the council. We're taking Pumpkin to the vet too, for photographs of what you did to him, accused April. What did I do to him, asked Officer Odinson. Hurt his teeth by letting him bite me. You kicked the dog, said Joe somberly. We all saw you do it. Pumpkin whined pitifully in April's arms. He was such an incredibly cute-looking dog. Hearing him whine was heartbreaking. But in reality, Pumpkin was not whining from pain. He was whining because he wanted to have another go at biting Officer Odinson. Officer Odinson turned to Constable Pike. The constable looked grim. He hesitated for a moment, no doubt weighing the impulse to stand by a friend from primary school against the instinct to do the right thing, tell the truth. In the end, his conscience won. I saw you do it too, he said. Not a good look for an animal control officer. Yeah, it's going to be hard convincing anyone that it was necessary once they see the tiny, cute, fluffy dog, said Loretta. But it's a crazy, tiny, cute, fluffy dog, argued Officer Odinson. Constable Pike shook his head. You kicked it with a steel-capped boot. That's bad. You better come with me to make a statement. And I'm going to hang on to this dart gun until it's sorted. April, you'll have to go to the hospital again too, said Joe. Oh, yes, you will, agreed Loretta. Why, argued April, I'm sick of that judgmental geriatric who claims to be a doctor. Well, either you've got ketchup in your hair, said Loretta, or your head is bleeding again. April reached up and touched her forehead. There was a warm, wet, sticky spot. Oh, fantastic, she said sarcastically. I'm bleeding again. When she looked up, she became confused. Why is the clearing spinning? What, said Joe? Why are you all wobbling side to side, said April, her speech starting to slur. April, said Loretta kindly, you are going to faint. To April, Loretta's voice sounded like it was coming from the end of a long tunnel. Her skin felt cold, and even though it was the middle of the day, the light seemed to dim. I just want you all to know, mumbled April, I'm only fainting because of blood loss. Of course, said Loretta, and she caught April before she could hit the ground. And that is the end of the chapter, so we'll leave it there. Until next time, 
goodbye.